All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Directed Podcast. We've got another fun episode planned today. We've got Heather Graybent and Mia Liang, both Praxis alumni who have just released a new ebook, What College Won't Teach You. Awesome project. Um, so many, so many cool stories embedded in the, the book itself. And I want to turn it over to them. Uh, Heather, Mia, thank you both for, uh, for coming on to Self-Directed today. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, I'll turn it over. I would love to get, you know, the introductions and then let's just dive right into the contents of the book. Great. Go ahead, Mia. Sounds good. Will do. So I am Mia Liang. Um, I am currently a SEO specialist at the digital marketing agency called Revenue River. And I went through Praxis in September of 2019, which is almost two years ago, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> but that's that's totally fine. No worries, you know. Don't feel old at all. Um, and yeah, this ebook was really started as like a joke between us and it's been so cool to see how it's grown and where we are now compared to where we were when we first started this project. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I'm Heather Drabant. I'm currently uh, doing freelance writing and content development uh, out of Washington. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went through Praxis in August of 2019. I can't believe how long it's been already. I, it's baffling, truly, <laughs> how time flies. Um, yeah, I, I, I just can't believe that the book actually happened because it really was just a joke, <laughs> just in passing. And then one thing turned into another and here we are. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the book. Let's, let's just, I want to kick it off and I want to hear what inspired it. I know that you've both kind of said we were on different calls it, it kind of ended up turning into a project, but what, what inspired the contents of it? I mean, it's literally titled what college won't teach you. So I'm sure there are some, some foundational lessons there that you all both learned getting out on, in the real world as well, but where did it start? What was the inspiration? And uh, we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. yeah um, Definitely. It's, it, I, if I really rack my brain, I think it was the call that Mia told me the story about the spider. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my yes, gosh. That yes, that was the call. And we were like, this is ridiculous. I, I don't remember what my contribution that call was, but it was something equally as ridiculous, yes. I'm sure. And we just realized, hey, you know, we should, uh, wouldn't it be funny if we put together like a list of all the crazy stuff that's happened since we moved and started our apprenticeships and all of that and I'm like you know let's just do it let's do it next time we meet let's have a list ready and yeah that's where we took it from all right what's the what's the spider story mia don't don't <laughs> yeah, ruin so, the book um, but like give us a give us the, the quick preview. i was in a meeting with my bosses like little apprenticeship me meeting with my bosses zoom meeting because everything was remote pandemic situation. And I'm sitting just looking at my laptop like I am now and a spider fell from the ceiling onto my laptop. And it was a live spider. Like it was starting to move around and the panic in my heartbeat and just everything went through the roof. I had no idea what to do or like how to go about it so I'm pretty sure I just like really carefully turned my camera and my mic off and like silently screamed and then grabbed a tissue and killed it and just like came back on and pretended like it was totally fine but I'm telling that story to Heather and her being like this like why how does this happen why does this happen like a spider fell off the ceiling onto your laptop in the middle of a meeting like what are the odds that this occurs 
those are the fun bloopers as you look back on uh you know any point in your career but especially when you're first starting out and a lot of a lot of new first those that's the blooper reel that's the 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 fun thing in between the lines of everything everybody tells you so um would love to hear you know a little bit more about like what are some of the big lessons in the book what were some of those those big things that you know colleges teach you things that you felt like were new shocking realizations as you got out of the real world and you both started your careers (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. I'm like waiting. <laughs> okay. Um, well, for the first thing that came to my mind was just really how important communication is. You think you know that, and then you're in a team every day and you're like, oh, communication is that important. So like, that was the main thing that I had to really like refine in my apprenticeship was just how I communicated, you know, when I communicated and you know, what it means to be a good communicator. And I think that we have this whole section just focused on communication because it really yeah. is so vital to success and really any industry or company you're going to be in. Um, next to communication, I think there's like the finer like dance of like sharing versus oversharing versus undersharing that I had to really learn because like it's it's so tempting to just like pour your heart out sometimes if somebody asks, oh, how was your weekend? You don't have yeah. to tell them all the details, you know? Yeah. Uh, they only need to know so much. Uh, but those are the two things that come to mind. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Nina, what about you? Yeah, it's funny because I'm definitely on the opposite side of the spectrum of Heather in terms of sharing. Um, I am very much so known for undersharing and just kind of like doing, <laughs> like letting people know the bare minimum of what's going on in my life. Um, but another thing to add to that is I really struggled with sharing my work and out loud mm-hmm. and knowing how valuable that is. And that's definitely something that I learned through the practice program, but then seeing how applicable it truly was to the workforce um, and being like, shoot, I really wish that I would have worked more out loud throughout the program so that I could have been more comfortable showing a spreadsheet that's halfway done just to make sure that it's okay and not feeling ashamed or worried about it at all. Yeah, for sure. And Heather, you spent a lot of your early, you know, kind of your, your first step out of the world remote. Mia, do you do you go into the office or are you mostly remote? I have never been in an office before. Okay. I moved to San Francisco when I was 17 in March of 2020, the week that San Francisco shut down. And then I moved back to Kansas uh, about five months later. So spent March to, I think it was August of 2020 in San Francisco. And ever since then, the headquarters for the company I work for has been anywhere from two hours to however far away San Francisco is. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you're both predominantly remote, which, which Mm -hmm. adds another layer of complexity communication and not just like best practices, but, but figuring out the right balance to strike between oversharing, undersharing, uh, looking for ways to be valuable in the company, especially if you're like, you're new, you're in a new environment, you're trying to get acclimated to the company culture, how things work, find answers to questions in many cases. Like, what was that experience like? Um, were there any, you know, big, big strikeouts you had earlier in your career uh, navigating the, those fine lines, especially being remote? Were there any big takeaways, um, advice that you would give? whether it's in the book or not about, you know, how to, how to draw those lines and how to improve communication as somebody that's just starting out your career. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the first thing that I thought of, um, let me think, okay, how to frame this. 
So I, the, one of the first projects I did, because I started in product support with my apprenticeship, was work on these um, two blog posts that were supposed to be tutorials walking through different features of the platform. I was kind of like a lear- learning management system. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of talking about the features, all of that. And it was supposed to cover two roles that people could use uh, in the platform. So I, I got what I thought were complete directions on how to write those. So I went and wrote them and posted them Well, I checked and put them in Slack. And she said, oh, approved. So I posted them. And then she's like, um, that's not correct. One of those roles does not exist for customers. It's only for team members. And I'm like, oh, lovely. Okay. So I had to go back in quickly unpublish and completely redo one of them. Um, so the moral of that story is ask questions about the projects that you're handed. It sounds so obvious, but in the moment, when somebody says, go do this thing, you think, oh, I should just know how to do that. I'll just go do it now. But yeah. you got to ask the questions or you're going to make more work for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Asking questions and not being scared of asking questions or scared that you'll look like you don't know what you're doing or you're not qualified for the role um you're starting at a new job and you're starting at a new company and every company does something different so it doesn't matter if you're in the same position that you were at your last company it's going to be different the workflows the way people communicate the project management system it all changes and varies drastically from company position to country or state that you live in and not fearing asking questions and being very upfront about where you're at, where you're going, what you want to get out of working and what you want to add to the company are all very, very important things to keep in mind. Yeah. Awesome. So, so those are all great insights as far as like starting a career, especially, uh, especially as it relates to like building up the the muscle of, of proper communications in the workplace. So what about outside the workplace? What were some of the big life lessons you are not only going and, and starting a new chapter in life, but you're moving to new cities, both of you. Um, starting a new chapter amidst moving, moving to a new city, which is like a whole can of chaos. There's so many different things you have to learn for the first time. What were some of those big ones for you uh, as you went out into the real world? You want to take that one first? Sure, <laughs> I'll go for it. Yeah, so I feel like our experience, or at least my experience, was a bit different than what your traditional moving out um, experience would be since I was underage and in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Two things that I really would not recommend anyone else doing if they were thinking about moving or starting. Um, But for me, probably one of the biggest things that I learned in my personal life um, was how important it is for me to get outside and not stay so cooped up. Um, just taking a walk on a daily basis or just standing in the sun outside for like five minutes or figuring out how to communicate with friends and family that are across the country now and are in a different time zone. And I'm not entirely sure what's going on in their lives, but I want to stay up to date, but I don't want to bug them every minute of every day just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, Little things like that, where they're kind of similar to what I was learning in terms of communication and figuring out how things work in the workforce, but just translating that to my personal life. Yep. Oh yeah. I have to second the whole getting outside thing. Absolutely. I spent probably like a solid month and a half, just pretty much inside 24 seven would not recommend. Um, and I had no idea where I was, you know, new, completely new area, new surroundings. So I didn't know that literally like 
I don't know, a five minute walk was this beautiful park with this river. And I finally found it that fall. And I was just, I I almost cried. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Like I finally got outside and it made such a world of difference. You don't think it does, but there's something psychological there that you just, you got to get outside whenever you can. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Also important thing, especially if you're working remotely, uh, let alone if you're working remotely in a pandemic um, where you're, you're locked down and your only interaction is digital. It, it can be, you know, that can be such a drain on your energy. If you're one, not around people, but two, not getting outside, getting exercise, just, mm-hmm. it's probably unhealthy too. So not a doctor, this is not medical advice, but <laughs> probably unhealthy too. So, all right. I want to hear just one more lesson each from you from the book. Like what's, what's one more, uh, favorite or fun, uh, lesson or story from the book that, that you'd love to share with our listeners. And we'll take it from there. A a big theme for me was imposter syndrome. Um, I don't know if I have a specific story about that, but it was, it was throughout the whole time, you know, you really don't feel capable, but you are. And that was a big part of what I took away from my whole apprenticeship experience is that, no, I'm, I am capable. I can do this. Um, And with imposter syndrome, everybody feels it. Even like the person you look up, look up to, they feel it too. And um, that's just something that you should always keep in mind when you're trying to do new projects, new roles. Everybody starts somewhere, and you know, you can, you're capable. You can do it. That's that's what really, uh, yeah, it's really important. Great, great, Mia. What about you? Um, sort of piggybacking off of what Heather said, my biggest thing would probably be not being afraid of making mistakes while simultaneously owning up to your mistakes. So make, making mistakes is human. Obviously everyone does it. Even if you're senior level at whatever company you're at, you're bound to make a mistake. That's just human error, human nature. It's what happens. But realizing that making a mistake doesn't mean that you are a human or flawed. It means that you're actually human. And it also means that you need to own up to that because that's just a part of it. And seeing people own up to their mistakes as well as owning up to your mistakes yourself just creates a really good environment between your coworkers or your family, even just anyone around you. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point too. I think I think early in your career, especially, you want to you don't want to be found out. You know, I remember, uh, I've, I, I do a lot of writing reflecting on early career stuff too. And I was, I was reading a, a piece I wrote, you know, several years ago and reflecting like the first year on, on the job and a new role and, and walking in and you feel like this expectation of, I've got to be the, you know, I've got to be able to have an answer when somebody asks me a question, I don't want to be, uh, you know, an imposter, but I don't want to be incompetent. I don't want to be incapable. I don't want to not have the answer. And I think sometimes, that pressure leads you to make stupid decisions instead of actually being like, Hey, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you an answer or I'm going to go figure it out. And then like hustling your way to, to make up for any learning gap that you don't have, as opposed to like feeling this immense pressure and almost paranoia, which makes it even more difficult because I think it creates additional pressure to fear the mistakes. And that's the way we learn is you got to go out. You got to get a lot of reps. You got to run experiments and try things. So that's a great lesson for anybody starting out. And, and honestly, even as you go throughout your career, don't be afraid to make mistakes. So I know you all both, um, this project kind of came together and you're both working remotely together on this, this project from different perspectives, have different stories and lessons that you wanted to share. Talk to us a little bit about how the project came together 
um, from the original phone call, you know, it's a joke, but you know, what, what were some of your favorite points as this turned into something substantial and real instead of just talk? For sure. Honestly, one of my favorite points was after that first call where we were joking about it, we said we'd meet again in a month. And then a month went by and I can't remember if it was either Heather or I that reached out, but we reached out and we're like, Hey, you have that list. Do you want to meet up? And the other person was just like, yeah, I do have that list. I do want to meet up. Are you free? Like tomorrow at this time? And we were like, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. And then we hopped on the call and we were like, this, this is kind of weird. This is a thing. Like we're actually doing it because so many people say that should be a book or like that should be a movie or whatever. Insert your mode of creativity but so few people follow through and the fact that we were just kind of like joking about it and even for I feel like for like the first month or two we were still kind of like is this a joke like where are we going with this what is this like it was really just a passion project of ours and kind of like our little COVID baby and our thing that honestly kind of got me through COVID and got me through the lockdown and everything because I had something that I could pour myself into and I say I had a reason for the stories and all of the things and the spiders falling and everything that I went through and I could teach people through it and so having that motivation the drive and making sure that other people didn't have to go through and learn all the lessons that I did yep that's awesome what about you Heather yeah I mean just having that consistent like meeting because we met every week but like a year I think yeah Yeah, we met very consistently and that did a lot for me as well in the pandemic, just having that structure and having something, you know, like, like Mia said, to really pour into and just do something with all these lessons that you're learning. You don't want them to just, you know, disappear on the wind. You want to have somewhere to, to put them and apply them and, and, you know, help people, you know, avoid some of the same pitfalls that maybe you had fallen into. Um, yeah, it, it's just, I'm just so glad that it happened and that we really were consistent and, um, yeah, it's just, it's hard to believe still. Yeah. Well, I want to commend you both, applaud you both. I know it is not an, an, an easy undertaking at all. There are, you know, everywhere you look, there's somebody who says, hey, I should write a book. You should write a book. It's it's the easiest thing in the world to say it, but sitting down and doing the hard work of actually get it down on paper and not just stopping there, but then going back and like, you know, killing the thing that you love and you poured your soul into and editing it again and then doing another draft and then like sharing it with people which is it can be embarrassing and intimidating and it's part of the creative process is is letting those ideas decant out in the real world and now you both got something to show it's not just this idea or this this uh empty talk it's you have something tangible to show add your portfolios and i'm sure that you know you both get grew a lot but also built some tangible skills along the way so any final thoughts about the book you'd like to share? Um, where can people find copies if they want to check it out? Oh, yeah. Um, I had one other thing to do with like the process, which was beta readers. If anybody out there is planning on doing an ebook, you need beta readers. You need them. I'm just going to say that because yep. we didn't really have that moment of, oh, until after <laughs> we got our first, I feel like, well, for me anyways, we got that first yeah. round of notes was really a game changer. So yeah a little snippet of advice it definitely like changed the trajectory of where the book was and and how much of ourselves we put into it before we sent it out to the beta readers it was a lot more lesson-based and a lot less story and here's why and here's how I learned this lesson and there was a lot less personality within the book honestly and there were a lot fewer stories and 
getting the feedback from our beta readers saying, hey, we want to know more about you. Like we want to know how you learn this or why you learn this or why you think this is important and really applying it. And like I said earlier, not looking at the beta readers giving us feedback as a failure, but looking at it as a lesson and a way to improve the book. And it really was a game changer in terms of where yeah. it is now versus where it was when we were first reading it. That's awesome. It's awesome to have that feedback and that that uh, that cheerleading group along the way as a as you finish and and maybe harsh critics too to to help you refine your vision. So, all right, people are listening. They want to go check out your book. Where do they find it? Oh, it's Amazon right now. It's just Amazon. Um, yeah, I think we haven't discussed other platforms yet, but that might be in the future. Okay, great. Well, I'll find a copy here and link to it in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you both for joining us on the Self-Directed. This has been another episode. And we'll be back again soon.